Welcome to the Financial Residency Podcast, where we are devoted exclusively to the financial well-being of physicians and helping you achieve the financial freedom you deserve. This is your financial residency without the long hours and sleepless nights. Let's welcome your host and primary care physician for your finances, Ryan Inman. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you so much for being here. Truly appreciate you guys listening, and I hope this podcast is really making a difference in your financial lives. So I've decided to do something a bit different with today's show, and if you've listened to any of my other previous shows, I've kind of hinted around that I'm somehow going to get my wife to co-host a show with me. Well, that time has come today. My wife, Taylor, and I not only discuss a bit of our backstory, but we also dive into how we ended up creating our own financial life plan, honestly, by accident, and how we've been trying to live out our ideal life over the past few years. You know, having an open dialogue with each other, as well as time to really self-reflect, has allowed us to hone in on our quote-unquote why. You know, what really is important to us, separately as individuals, as well as collectively as a married couple. You know, what does that ideal life look like, and what would provide meaning to our lives? And really, this is the foundation of a life plan. We started off this planning process, this life planning process, by asking three questions. And these three questions, pioneered by George Kinder's Life Planning Institute, are so important that I really dedicated this entire show around it. So you might be thinking, you know, what is a life plan? What is he talking about? Well, a life plan really allows you to clarify your most important priorities, it enables you to maintain a balance. And, and you're going to hear in, in the show that my wife and I have sacrificed some stuff for each other, but it allows us to maintain a more balanced life. It'll honestly, and it allows you to say no to more things. As soon as you figure out what you really want in life, everything else becomes a no. And the things that actually matter become a yes. It's fascinating. Once you've get, gotten to that point, of being able to say yes to things that really, truly make you and your spouse happy. It allows you to really envision a better future for yourself. It kind of serves as a a roadmap, if you will, for accomplishing what really matters the most. You know, you're starting here, you want to go there. How do you get there? And really the whole process of life planning is that journey on your ideal path. And the last thing is what life planning will do is It'll help ensure that you don't finish life with these regrets or, or I wish I would have, or I can't believe I didn't. And while we don't know when we're going to die, you know, looking back and saying, man, I had a great life. This is amazing. I've done everything I've wanted to do. I've become everything that I've wanted to become is really a truly rewarding feeling. So I strongly encourage you to go write out the answers to these questions and, you know, really look at it and say, is my current life aligned with what I really want? And if not, what changes can you make today? And they could be real little ones, but what changes could you make today to get you closer to living out your ideal life? So here's the quick back and forth with my wife uh, and I, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, here we go. And now it's time to welcome this week's special guest. I have Taylor here on a Saturday night at 10 o'clock. She's been a trooper. We've gone through several different microphones and several different options to make sure that we sound okay and there's not a lot of static and never recorded with two people in the uh, in the same room, which is kind of funny. But 
here we are on a Saturday. So thank you for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me on your podcast. I've been a longtime listener and I'm excited to finally be on the show. Sarcasm. I get it. Yeah, she's so funny. So I've been asked several times and I was just on Laura's show, which is the Married to Doctors podcast, which is a great show. If you guys want to go listen to that show, I'll link it in the show notes. But she had a really good question. And this is like the 20,000th time I've actually heard of it. The question was, is what is it like to be married to a financial planner? And I usually make up some clever answer that I think is correct, but we're actually going to hear the truth tonight and we haven't rehearsed this. So this is going to be interesting and I'll be hearing this for the first time as well. So Tay, what's it like to be married to a financial planner? So it's actually really nice to be married to a financial planner. I don't have to worry about finances at all. Ryan takes care of all of that, all the bills, all the making sure that we're saving for retirement and that we have enough money to live. So it's really nice to not have to worry about that. The one time that it's not so nice is if there are extra expenses one month or something, like we take the dogs to the vet. It also changes season, so I have to buy warm clothes for the kids, do a little shopping for Ryan, a couple things for myself, and our credit card bill is higher. And then he wants to analyze every single thing to see where every dollar went. It's like, yeah, it was more this month, but it'll probably be less next month. But that is not a good enough answer for the financial planner. We have to figure out what went wrong that month and what we need to do to make up for it. So that's the only time it's bad. And it doesn't happen very often. And then the other time that it's not so great to be married to a financial planner is I go off and work and will work a locum's job for a week and have this huge paycheck that comes in. And I'm all excited for it. So I log in to look at our bank, which I don't do very often. I'm like, where did all the money go? It's like gone instantly. And granted, Ryan puts it in retirement and responsible things. But it's like, I would think there would be a little bit there to see, to show for all I've just put in for the week that I've worked, but it doesn't ever show. So I guess that's a good thing because I don't spend it. But it's the one uh, bad or one other bad thing about being married to a financial planner. He plans your finances. So literally in the first two minutes of the show, you lied. You said, I have one thing that's bad about being married to a financial planner, and then you rifled off at least two, if not more. I guess it's not that bad, though. I mean, it, I'm guilty. Yes, you make money, and when it actually does come in, it's already allocated and put into wherever it needs to go. Whatever savings, whatever deal, whatever purchase of uh, stocks or bonds or whatever it might be. Uh, so it's already already gone. But I'm surprised you logged into the bank. I'm proud of you. Only when I work and contribute money to the bank account, I like to see my efforts. Oh, that's that's how that works. Okay. So when you contribute the money, you actually want to see if it actually hit in. Is it to like see if they actually paid you or is it just because just you're stoked for like a day? I'm just stoked that I, I made money finally. Nice. Well, I guess is there anything else bad about me married to a financial planner? Um, so our family motto is that Ryan deals with the finances and I deal with the medical things, which is good. But it's also hard when Ryan can't schedule a doctor's appointment for himself. I have to do that. Or if I do need his opinion on something medical, just for the emotional side of it, like deciding whether or not to put tubes in our son's ears. And he's like, hands off. That's your department. You do the medical. I'll do the finances. I'll, I'll pay for it. But you make the decision. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I could have some input. But I mean, you are a doctor, right? And a pediatrician, you should handle our son's medical, I would assume that you're way more overqualified than I am. I don't know. But you're his dad. Yeah, and I love him, but I trust what you you have, just like you trust that I'm putting the money in the right places and not spending it on horrible stuff. Yeah. It's give and take. We make it work. Yeah, there you go. 
So today's show, I did want to answer or have that question asked and answer it. But today's show is going to be a little bit different, if you can tell, uh, with my wife here. Typically around the end of the year, and we were going to record this around Christmas time, but with sick kids and us having colds, um, it, it wouldn't have sounded that good. So uh, we've kind of delayed it to now, but uh, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to go over uh, the three questions, the three important questions, which were brought up to me by George Kinder, who's kind of the godfather of uh, life planning. And he didn't originate the questions, but this is how I originally found out through one of his talks. And it's something that I do with my clients over at Physician Wealth. And so it's one of the exercises that we do. And I thought it'd be kind of fun to do this uh, on a live recording. I'm surprised Taylor thought it'd be fun as well, but yeah, we're here. So to give a little little bit of a backstory on what it was is we kind of did our own life plan and answered these questions without knowing what the questions were about four years ago when we had first moved down to Carlsbad when Taylor was doing fellowship. And we both had hour plus long commutes into our respective works. We had a beautiful house and we had gone with a builder and the market hadn't picked up yet. So we got a really good deal and had purchased it actually a little bit before we moved down there. Um, and I'll mention all this in, in actually a, a separate story when we talk about uh, how we paid off all the Taylor student debt in a very unconventional way. But we were in a nice house and it was kind of expensive house, but it was a nice house and we were traveling a ton and we weren't happy at all. Um, it just was a lot of time on the road and it was hard to see each other. And then when Taylor got pregnant with our son, Wyatt, we kind of sat down and had a big heart to heart conversation on what we were doing and how we were doing it. And little did we know we were kind of answering these questions, but just not formally. And so when we ended up moving uh, and selling the place, we moved right next to Taylor's work. So her commute was like five minutes. And that was like an important thing for her as she's shaking her head like, yep. And um, I still had like an hour long commute, but at least one of us was happy. And our relationship, there's a lot of give and take and, and kind of making each other happy wherever we can. So the first thing we did was she was you know pregnant and I wanted to make sure that she wasn't on the road as much and she was happy and everything can go as smooth as possible. And so we ended up moving closer to her work. And then about a year later, I wasn't thrilled with the job I was in. I had left a financial planning job when we left Orange County when she was in residency to go down to San Diego. And I kind of took this like temp financial analyst position. And so I had quit uh, that to start Physician Wealth. And the way that we were able to do that is because we sold the house and we moved further south and went from 2,400 square foot home to a 1,200 under 1,200 square foot house in a much cheaper area. Uh, we were able to save even more of the money that we were bringing home, and we kind of invested in ourselves. And we thought at that point in our life, we're young enough that we still put money in our IRAs, and and Taylor still had her 403b from work. But other than that, like all the extra money went into just savings, and we had a ton of cash. And the reason is because I wanted to start my own company and chase my dream. And um, so we're here two years later. And I know Taylor will kind of jump in and have her kind of side of the backstory. But we ended up moving to Vegas. And we've gone through this conversation or this exercise, not as formally as maybe we had last year or this year that you're about to hear. But we have gone through and had this conversation several times. So we thought it'd be fun to let everyone kind of hear how the behind the scenes kind of work. And um, yeah, so Tay, if you want to tell a little bit of the backstory and fill it in. 
Yeah, so living in Carlsbad, like Ryan said, it was a horrible commute for both of us. And we talked about what was important. And what was important was to spend time with each other. Even though we were working a ton, we wanted to be able to spend time together. We knew we were going to have a baby. We wanted to be able to spend time with him once he came. So once we made that decision to sell our house, I feel like it put a lot of things in motion. So we were renting someplace that was smaller, that was cheaper, that worked for a couple years with the idea that we probably would be moving out of San Diego after I finished training, just because it's so expensive to live in San Diego. And I knew that once I finished fellowship, I wanted a break. I feel like I had been going straight through. I didn't take any breaks from college to med school, to residency, to fellowship. And I knew that I was going to want a break when I was done. So moving to Las Vegas, we were close to Ryan's family. It was lower cost of living. And then through our conversations, you know, we had decided that I would be able to work part-time here and have time with our now two kids. So that's been really good. Moving here has been a little bit harder than I expected. Uh, One thing for all the listeners to know is that nothing's ever final for a job until you have a contract. So I haven't been able to find work locally in pediatric pulmonology. So I actually travel to Fresno to Valley Children's Hospital and I'm an independent contractor, but it's similar to locums. I fly out there for one week a month and I work and I'm on call for the whole week. And then I'm home as a mom for three weeks. And I do a little bit of Gen Peds locums here in Las Vegas as well. I cover for practice. So uh, it's nice. I have a lot of time home with the kids, but it's not a long-term solution for us, but it's been really nice to have time with the kids and time to be a mom. And uh, I haven't missed out on much with them. So that's been nice. Yeah. And so, you know, if you kind of look at chronologically, like we sold the place and maybe you benefited the most when it first started because your commute was less. um, And I was still kind of stuck in the job I wasn't really a fan of. And then we had about a year or so of saving, aggressive saving. And then I was able to quit. And then it was kind of shifted back into my favor that I was able to start Physician Wealth uh, Services and um, really kind of chase my dream. I'd always been into financial planning and investments. And this was kind of benefiting me the most to do this. And then as we uh, were finishing fellowship, like it was really a joint benefit. I was still going to get to do the job that I love doing. And you were going to get to be a mom and um, also still have your hand in, in work, but not, you know, full time, 60 hour, several long call nights, that kind of thing. So yeah, that's kind of our backstory of, of how we got here. Um, so as we go through, you can kind of hear our three questions and, and how that go. And I'll, I'll kind of read through those. But yeah, are you ready to you ready to start? I am ready. Okay. So the first question is, imagine you're financially secure. You have enough money to take care of your needs, both now and in the future. How would you live your life? Would you change anything? Let yourself go and describe your dreams. What would you do if money were no object? So I would love to live by the beach with a big yard, not a big house. I would like an average size house because I don't have to clean that big of a house, but just be comfortable with my family, live somewhere beautiful with great weather. Um, I'd want to spend as much time as possible with family. And our kids are little now, but they'll be starting school soon. So I know I'd like to travel with them to exotic, fun places in the summer when they're on breaks and just teach them about life and culture. And I would like to work out every day and have a chef to cook healthy meals for me. I hate cooking, but I like to eat healthy. So that would be a big splurge for me. And then I still would want to work part-time, maybe one or two days a week or do volunteer work. And I've kind of had a taste of this not working uh, from moving to Las Vegas the first 
six to seven months that we were here, I wasn't working at all. I had two little kids. I was studying for boards. There was a lot going on, but I still felt like I missed work. So I know that I would still like to work in some capacity. Uh, even if I had all the money in the world, I still get a lot of joy out of working. Uh, and I think part of that is going into pediatrics. It's fun. I get to play and act like a kid at work and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So you kind of bring up like being active still in work, like if money were no object, like what would your ideal work week look like? Would it be every week? I think it would be every week while the kids were in school, like while we were tied down to our home base. But I think I would like something that's flexible. So I said one to two days a week. So maybe in a practice that you know could allow to have someone just come in here and there. They wouldn't have to pay me much because money would be no object. Or I also uh, think that medical mission trips would be fun as well. Uh, especially if we could take the family and the kids somewhere different and help out. Yeah, I'd be I'd be interested in a medical mission. I mean, I wouldn't know what to do. I'd just be kind of like there for support and probably be the babysitter for the kids. But we'd be there to support that. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. And then you said you'd like to live by the beach. And I know big yard, small house. Where? Like, where's ideal? Uh, we We've lived in California. We know California. I like it there. It's a bit crowded, but just somewhere with... Nice weather. Not a lot of hurricanes or natural disasters would be nice. I guess there's natural disasters everywhere, but just somewhere beautiful and quiet and peaceful. So I had ignore all the fires and earthquakes in California. No natural disasters at all, Tay. Uh, so is there anything else you'd want to add to question one? No, I feel like we talk about this question quite a bit. Like, what would your ideal life look like? So I kind of feel like I'm living that now, too besides being financially secure. I mean, I'm having time with the kids. We have time together. We travel not as ex- as extravagantly as would be possible, but we still get to do a lot of the things that we want. So I feel like we're living a pretty good life. Yeah, you're not going to bury me for the telling you how much of a house we can afford when we potentially could afford a little more. <laughs> That'll be on the next podcast that I'm on. <laughs> oh, thanks. I can't wait. So I'll go ahead and, and kind of answer some of mine. So I really want to travel and I would travel a whole lot more than we do. And I would have a little bit better vacations than what we do and maybe stay a little bit nicer place or not have to worry about how much things cost. It wouldn't be like we go overboard and be at the Ritz or something, but, and then I'd I'd like to go to several places. So, um, I'd like to go to the Great Barrier Reef. I know you've been, and I was really jealous and wish I could have gone. I'd love to go to China and Japan. That'd be a great trip. We both were very fortunate to go in college to Africa on a safari. And that was like the best trip that we've ever been on, at least in my mind. Do you agree or no? Uh, Yeah. Hands down. It's the best trip that I've been on my life. It was so fun to just be out in Jeeps, just around crazy, huge elephants, giraffes, lions, everything. I'd love to take our kids there and go on vacation and just spend a week or two in Africa. Yeah, they they need to be a lot older, though, like a lot older. So I'd really like to do that. And then I'd really love to see Iceland. And then there's a couple like specific things that I would like to see that I don't know if you would be super thrilled. But I know that maybe at some point we might be able to do some of these. But I'd like to go to the Ice Hotel in Sweden. It's like a full ice hotel, just like it sounds. I don't like cold. From Kansas. Yeah. Um, I'd like to go to Alaska and do like salmon fishing. I think that'd be super fun. I want to see an iceberg. 
I'm not gutsy enough to do like the scuba under the iceberg as you look at me with a terrible face. But yeah, there's people that do that and pay to do that, which seems painful. But I really do want to see an iceberg. And then I really want to see the sharks in South Africa, like jump out of the water and do one of those things. I don't think I'm crazy enough to get in the water uh, with the cage. I don't know, maybe, but I think that'd be amazing. And then like for the day-to-day stuff, I would still like to work and help people. I wouldn't be maybe as stressed and work, you know, the six, seven days a week that I do work and do all that kind of stuff. I would still actually create a podcast because I actually really like doing the podcast. I think it's really fun. And so far feedback has been good. So I guess that's, that's good. And then the two other things I'd like to do is I'd actually like to be more active in real estate. We already are pretty active. We buy like a rental place a year now and I would want to keep active, but not for the profit side. I would actually want to build affordable housing for people in need and kind of manage that and help people out. Kind of like leaving a legacy that our kids could kind of live off of, you know, because in this this question, like it, it doesn't assume like you're Bill Gates, but it assumes like you are financially secure. So I'd rather I'd like to use some of that to help it so the kids can kind of chase their dreams. And then the last thing is I would like to fund a college that like the best and brightest minds go to. It's kind of like how Stanford's doing their, their program where tuition is going to be free. And it's something that I think would be really fun and would love to do if, if money were no object. So you have any questions? Uh, I'll travel to all those places with you, except for I do not want to get in the water with sharks in Africa. That sounds awful. And you already are very active in real estate, but I think I like your idea of building affordable housing and helping people out when you are so fortunate. And I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I think it'd be super neat. So you you would go to the Ice Hotel? Begrudgingly, I would go to the Ice Hotel. It's recorded. She's going to the Ice Hotel. All right. So switching up to question two. Question two is, now imagine that you visit the doctor. And I I get it. Play along because I know this doesn't really happen. But... She reveals to you that you only have five to 10 years left to live. You're never going to feel sick, but you'll have no notice of the moment of your death. What would you do in the time that you have remaining? Would you change your life? And if so, how would you change it? And quick note is that this question does not assume unlimited wealth. So for me, if I did only have five to 10 years left to live, I think I would stop working at that point just because you have an end. You're not going to live forever. You know, you don't have that much time. And I'd focus on spending time with my kids, with family, with friends. I would travel as much as possible and make memories. I mean, I still think I would travel. It wouldn't have to be as extravagant. I know there's not unlimited wealth, but I would live within my means so that I didn't have to work or worry about money and travel. You know, you could rent an RV and drive around the United States and have fun too, making memories together. On a side note, I would eat dessert with every meal and enjoy food a little more and just spend time enjoying what time I have left. So you would actually get in an RV and drive all around the United States? I think that would be really fun. Are you sure? What's wrong with it? I'm I'm saying it'd be fun, but we could like stop at every ballpark and like go see baseball games and I mean, we could do that. I didn't know. Actually, this is something I learned about you. I did not know that you would actually get in an RV and go drive around 
Well, if I was going to die in five to 10 years and I wasn't working and I wanted to travel on a budget and make memories, that seems like the best way possible. Yeah, except for, I mean, thankfully you're not dying in five to 10 years, but I mean, we have no idea when any of us are going to die. And I mean, I'm not a doctor. I am married to one, but I'm not a doctor. I I know that we're not going to live forever. So, I mean, who says we couldn't end up doing that? summer vacation goals. Maybe when the kids are a little older, though, because one in three traveling <laughs> in an RV sounds awful. Just driving home from taking them to the aquarium today was nerve-wracking with both meltdowns because it was dinner time. But you don't like screaming kids in an enclosed car? I didn't have earplugs. Oh, near did I, but that was like the most exciting thing ever. So yeah, travel, stop work, and you'd eat dessert. With every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Seriously? Breakfast too? Yep. Oh my gosh, you're crazy. You're crazy. Okay. So um, I don't really have any, I mean, I knew all a lot of that, but I did not know the RV thing. But do you have anything else to add? Nope. Ryan, what would you do with your five to 10 years remaining? So I would stop working as much as I do. I know that I'm working quite a bit and I would enjoy more time with the kids and with you. And I would... And I still am, I'm actually am trying to do this is to like when we are spending time together to unplug and to not have the phone and not worry about emails and different things that come through. Sorry for the clients listening, but I am trying to unplug it, you know, certain times. And, you know, I have one of the, the biggest things for me with starting my own company was that like I could be more active in the kid's life and just being able to not have to go in and, and having the company and working from home on purpose and not wanting to grow this thing like crazy. Like it has allowed me to um, have lunch with the kids or help them get, you know, down for naps or, um, you know, being active in dinner and after dinner and getting them to sleep and pajamas and all that kind of stuff. So I would definitely want to not miss any of those memories. Um, and this one's weird for you probably to think about, but I would want to vlog just like video log like you know how people like blog but like this would be with video and i'd want to do it because i want the kids to remember me and so i'd want to like be able to and i actually am trying to start this more but i'd want the kids to be able to be able to see me and remember me and hear my voice and i know google or apple or one of these gigantic awesome companies is going to have it to where you know you're going to be able to play a video and then they're going to be able to recreate the scene like around you and you'll be able to like i don't know Maybe I watch too many superhero movies, but like virtual reality. Yeah, but like crazy. Like you'll you'll like you know like Tony Stark and Iron Man. He like throws out the thing, and he can walk around, and touch things. Like I feel like that's gonna be like fifteen years from now. Like you'll be able to eat dinner like with yourself ten years ago if you had a recording. So I'd want to to vlog and um, specifically. I I already do write stuff to the kids and send them emails um, and send them pictures every once in a while. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd do a lot more of that. I would want to take like six months or a year and I'd want to go live in Hawaii. I'd probably do it like sooner rather than later before the kids like start school. But I think I would really want to do that. I can work remotely if I you know, was working a ton, but I really wouldn't be working a ton, I guess, in this situation. But I absolutely love Hawaii and I would totally want to do that. And then I would say the two trips, like traveling would be important, but not that important. It's just two trips I would want to do is I'd want to go on a safari um, again, and then I'd want to go to the Great Barrier Reef. That would be the two trips in that five to 10 year time span that I think would be really fun and really important to do those if I had five to 10 years left. So 
Yes, I agree. I would live with you in Hawaii and travel to Great Barrier Reef and on an African safari. Oh, oh, thanks. I guess you would tolerate me for, what, the six to 12 months that we go live in Hawaii, huh? Yes, and I would support your video blogging as well. And then um, you also touched on working from home and being able to help out with the kids. It is nice having you work from home because when they are both melting down and it's the end of the world, you can't work because they're screaming so loud that you can't talk to clients, you can't record podcasts, you do have to come and help. So that's really nice about having you at home if you look at it in a beneficial way. I see I see what you did there. I think, do you actually probably like leave them behind that, when, when I close my door in my office, do you just like let them scream so I come home? Usually not, only if it's an especially special day for them. You actually admit to doing that? I was totally no, kidding. No. Oh, I see how it is. <laughs> All right, so let's go to question three. So question three, and I know when I do this with clients, and I know already what you're going to say, you're going to hate this question, but finally, imagine that your doctor shocks you with the news that you only have 24 hours left to live. Nothing can be done. What feelings arise as you confront your own mortality? What did, what did you miss? What did you not get to be? What did you not get to do? I don't like this question. <laughs> I don't Reselect. like talking about it. <laughs> but in all honesty, I just, I would feel like I got to miss out on being a mom and a wife and I would miss watching my kids grow up and just miss out on important life events and everyday activities. I don't think there's anything that I would be worried about not getting to do. I just, missing out on my family and not being there for them. So uh, family is the most important thing to me. And I think this question helps you realize that, but I still don't like thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, no one likes thinking about it. And the good news is you're not dying in 24 hours. So neither am I and hopefully no one listening. But yeah, family is the most important. I talk about family like in every podcast and in a lot of blog posts. And I mean, it's always top of mind to me. So family is extremely important. And, you know, to answer this question for myself, I didn't get to see my kids grow up. That would be, that'd be a tough one. I didn't get to go grow old with you. I want to see what you look like old. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd be sad that we didn't get to do all the fun things that we want to do and see the experiences that we want to see and nothing material. Like I don't care about any of that. It would be experiences that I'd be missing doing those things with you and the kids and, you know, walking my daughter down the aisle, that would, that's going to be obviously a big day. Um, hopefully when she's 35, is that good? <laughs> she's going to kill me when she hears this, if she hears this. But yeah, those are the, those are the things I'd really miss. It wouldn't be anything else really. Well, I do actually, I do have something that I would not get to do. I'd be pissed that I didn't get to spend my 401k and like all that, is that what it's called? All the money that you saved, all that stuff you put away for retirement. I'd be, I feel a little gypped that I didn't get to use it. What about if Ruby and Wyatt and I got to use it? Okay. Well then it would be okay. But still, I feel like I'd be missing out. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like a typical answer, like in question two with, with clients actually is like, they would work really hard for like two years and make sure that the loans are paid off or that their house are paid off or that their significant other kids like had money or college money. And as much as I hate insurance, these are some of the benefits to insurance. So like term insurance would be able to, um, which you have and I have, like if, you know, all the policy on me is a million dollars. So again, I'm worth more alive than dead. So remember that. But the million dollars, if something happened to me, you know, I wouldn't want to work as hard as I can because I know that you're going to get a payout of a million dollars when I, when I pass. And so, 
you know, I'd want to be focusing on the memories and the experiences and, and things like that. And, you know, I'd, I'd, I think you're honestly the first person that has actually said like, I'd be pissed. I didn't get to like spend my retirement money. I've never heard of anyone say like, I wish I had to put more in there. Like that's definitely never come up ever, but like most people don't even address that, which is funny. Well, you save so much of our money that it's just sitting there. Well, it's doing its job. It's like earning income itself. I mean, granted, we can't touch it for what another 20 some odd years, six years, but 59 and a half. So yeah, I mean, it's doing its job. Don't, don't hate on it. So that's kind of the end of the three questions for Taylor and I. Thanks for doing that. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Yeah, of course. I mean, you listen to all of them, so you might as well be on some of them. And speaking of that, like if this was at all helpful to you guys, I mean, I hope it was. And I'll link in the show notes some of the stuff we had chatted about. And then also I'll drop the three questions in on the Facebook group so you guys can check it out. And that's the financial residency community group on Facebook um, with a link to that in the show notes. So you guys can kind of go over these yourself and maybe go over them with your spouse and maybe have a little bit more deeper, you know, better communicate, more open communication with your spouse or even with yourself. If you're not married, like these are important, powerful questions. And you can tell like the first question when, you know, wealth is unlimited, that's usually when all the material things come out, you know, whatever it is, buy the sports car, buy the dream home or, you know, move to the beach, you know, and have a big lot on the ocean and walk out and be able to run on the beach or whatever you said. You know, that's where that kind of stuff comes from. And then the second question gets a little deeper and it talks, you know, more on what what really does start to matter and where do you want your life to end up? Like, what are the things that are important? And then that the third question, as much as it is a terrible question to think about, like that cuts away all the crap and it just is what is important. And, you know, looking back, you know, what would you miss the most? And that that's what you need to highlight in your life. And, you know, for us, that's each other and and family, you know, kids and, and extended family and all that. But so if you guys liked having Taylor on and having this kind of conversation, I mean, we have several conversations that um, I actually think everyone would benefit from listening to. And um, maybe if Taylor gets some good feedback, she's in the financial residency Facebook group. So she'll see the comments uh, that you guys make on this show. But if, if it's important or if it's something that you guys have questions on and would like us to to discuss, or if you have any questions for Taylor, you can go to speakpipe.com slash financial residency. And again, I'll put that in the, in the show notes and ask us questions and, you know, maybe we'll have her back on the show. So thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. Yes. Thanks for having me on the show and working hard and supporting our family. At 1030 on a Saturday. You're, yeah. you're amazing. <laughs> All right. That was a really fun show with Taylor. And I was really, really excited to have her on, even though uh, I did get blasted a little bit about apparently it's not as much fun to live with a financial planner, but hey, guilty is charged, honestly. After the show, we were kind of chatting about if she'd be on the show more or not, or if this was kind of a one-time thing. And I said, hey, you know what? Let's let's let the listeners tell us what they want to hear. So I'm going to be making a post in the financial residency community. And you know, it's going to say, hey, this show went live. Check it out. But you know what? Go leave a comment and let us know if you liked the show or didn't like the show. And if you did and you want to hear more of it, you know, what questions would you have? You know, we're really an open book. We don't mind talking about our finances or what's going on or how we plan. So if this is something you want to hear more of, awesome. And we will create the content for you guys. Next week, I'm going to be having John McCarthy, who's a CPA out of Ohio. 
on the show and we're going to be talking all things tax. And I know that might sound really, really boring, but I think it's going to be extremely important for you guys to listen to because over the holiday, they dropped that thousand plus page tax bill on us. And there's a lot of stuff changed inside of there. So John and I are going to go kind of over the highlights of what's changed and what's important to physicians. So I encourage you to take a listen and you know what? Happy new year, guys. I hope everything's great. I wrote in the, in the group, you know, what's your one goal. And I really want you guys to think about what is that one goal and go out and accomplish it in 2018. All right. Catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the financial residency podcast. This episode is ended, but your financial residency continues online. Head over to financialresidency.com where you'll find links to any resources mentioned in today's episode, along with other valuable tips and information that will help you regain your financial freedom. That's financialresidency.com.